welcome to Talking Bollocks. My name is Howard H. Smith, and I'm the lead singer in Acid Rain. I also do stand-up comedy, Keith Platt. You can find me, you can find Acid Rain, you can find Keith Platt, you can find this goddamn podcast anywhere you like on social media. Go look for it. Bollocks is spelt with an S, not a Z. Um, so, how are you doing? What have you been up to? Nothing? Yep. Pretty much the same here, actually. Um... Yeah, it is one of those things, isn't it? It's one of those times we are in lockdown. Um, we don't have a great deal to talk about, do we? Um, but stuff's been happening. Things been going on. Um, I've had a pretty shitty time. Um, someone came into my life and out again uh, just as quickly, which was um, a bit of a shame. Wish, wish, wish it just hadn't happened at all now, to be honest. Wish they'd never appeared in my life. Um, but these things fucking happen, don't they? even in lockdown and um all sorts of happening are in the world of metal what's been happening in the world of metal hey what has been happening well you know there's there's a few collaborations going on i've spoken to this i spoke about this before on the last um on the last podcast and um some of them quite interesting and some of them you just think oh fucking hell that's all right leave it alone but charlie benante and uh john bush i nearly said george bush fuck me um, Charlie Benante and John Bush doing um, uh, tunes from uh, the Bush era of, of Anthrax is fucking awesome. Awesome. Really very cool. Um, and um, what else we got? Faith No More rescheduled their European tour for spring slash summer 2021. So, um, yeah, clearly an indication there as to uh, when they think uh, everything is actually going to be uh, back to normal. Um, what else has been going on? There's, 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 there's all sorts of stuff going on. Um, Vinny having a, or Vinny or a piece or however it's pronounced. I never kind of really know. Um, slagging off, um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for, um, for not having Ronnie in it. And I completely agree. That is just fucking insanity, basically. Um, I'm really not sure. I, I, I mean, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm biased because he was a, a, a huge influence on me. But um, he, he should be in there, you know. Put it this way: what should exist, Ronnie Dio in the Rock and Hall Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or a, 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 a live hologram of Ronnie Dio? It's 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 the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, isn't it? Yeah, obviously. Um, so, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, uh, Mushroom Head got a new song. Um, listen to the new Mushroom Head song, The Heresy. I did. Not going to listen again. There we go. Never mind. It was all right. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, there's not a great deal. Um, there's not... Uh, they, they do consistently change, but, um, yeah, it just all sounds a bit... I, I don't know, like I've heard it all before. Anyway, I'm sure, you know, there's very few people actually give a shit. Anyway, speaking of Dio again, Rowan Robertson, remember him? The guitarist that came into um, uh, Dio after Craig Goldie. Because, of course, you've got, you've got, um, uh, oh, fucking hell. Vivian Campbell. Yeah. Then you've got Craig Goldie. And then you've got the name of the no one, <laughs> the one that no one knows the name of. A little bit of a bad news joke there for you. Um, and uh, it's Rowan Robertson. So, um, so yeah, he's been doing instructional videos on how to play Dio songs that no one cares about. But um, that's a bit, it's a bit harsh, but fuck it. Um, and apparently we've got Exodus and Overkill members join forces for quarantine of Megadeth's Wake Up Dead. Um, so, yeah, I haven't actually. Oh, fuck me. It was Jason Bittner as well. Jesus Christ. 
oh wow I know he said he was going to be doing stuff I didn't realise it was this I've completely missed this I've just just seen the story now right hang on a second uh, I, I've got to go and um, I've got to go and check this shit out actually let's do this live and um, yeah here we go go on set Yeah, not bad, not bad, um, but it is still like, you know, four guys in just separate windows playing the tune, uh, bitness pounding, fucking awesome, Zet gives it his own inimitable style, cool, um, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's 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 more of a playthrough than a, than a cover version, because um, there's obviously no you know no kind of um, original twist to it. But um, hey, all in all, it's be- the world is a better place for that existing than not existing. Um, that's my review. Cop out or not, you decide. <laughs> it's uh, oh poor old um, uh, Coverdale as well. David Coverdale has had to reduce the price of his um, of his mansion. Poor Ben. Um, yeah, he's had to reduce the price of his massive, massive mansion. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll do all right. I'm sure he's not struggling paying his bills in lockdown. And hopefully, um, hopefully, the rest of you are not struggling. Um, I've got some money coming in from the government, and um, it's a full-on grand less than my accountant said it was going to be. And yeah, so it's not great. Um, I'm expecting the kick in the teeth. Still got to pay tax and national insurance on it, though, so it's not even the amount that lands in your account. But, you know, these this is what is fucking going on in everyone's lives at the moment. I'm well aware I'm not special and that we've all got our various bits and things to to um, to hang on to at the moment. Um, and the world of music, I am I'm rediscovering shit. Um, I don't know about you guys. Um, I've taken to putting my phone on shuffle. Um, and just like listening to and, and it's throwing in loads of stuff that I haven't heard for years I did a whole Billy Talent playlist the other day which was fucking awesome um, when we're you know because there's fair there's nothing to do but exercise so when we do get a chance to exercise it's um, it's uh, it's yeah I'm sticking it on shuffle now and getting around and listening to some of the old stuff as well um, which just is so cool speaking of which good lord can't believe look all i've got to say is my best mate got me a got my uh, birthday present for me this year and it was the dvd of murder in the front row oh yes when only the music mattered it said um what a fucking movie absolutely superb absolutely loved it i could recommend that to anyone um it's a fascinating story of the bay area of how it all started and the one thing that that really comes across in it is just how influential Metallica were. And they were just that little bit, you know, just ahead of the um, uh, the competition. They were always 
just in front. They were, and which means that you know they were the trailblazers. I know I'm not saying anything. We, you know, everybody didn't already know, but it's amazing to go back all those years, thirty five, forty years, and go back and see how they were at the centre of everything. And all of the other people, like, it doesn't matter whether they're in, you know, a big four band or an original six or whatever you want to call them, whatever band they're from, every single one of them goes, yeah, but, you know, Metallica were doing this. or And then, yeah, but Metallica were doing that. And then, well, because Metallica did this, we got to... And it's just, you forget, you get wrapped up in the Metallica we've got now. The, you know, the sort of mid-tempo granddad metal machine that, you know, sorry, family that uh, that lurches across the world playing massive shows, um, and you you just forget, you just forget. And the one thing, really cool thing about this documentary is, which is, you know, it's all about the absolute, you know, the fucking hardcore, the absolute heart, beating heart of the scene. Every single member of Metallica is in that documentary. And it's not, you know, it's not a Metallica project, but they're all there, all paying their dues, all, you know, thanking everybody. And, and, and in James's case, looking genuinely excited and enthused, like talking about those old days as well. Um, they were all, you know, and, and yeah, they, they were all there. It was, it, was, it was just really, really, really cool. Um, some lovely pictures of Debbie Bono as well, who, um, uh, who I knew very well. Um, back in the day and it was uh, it was lovely to see those and um, yeah I, I look I'm, I'm gushing I really am but murder in the front row that is you know that's a serious that is a metal movie and a half and I'm really not sure if it's streaming anywhere to be honest I think I know plastic head um, or plastic head uh, megastore if you want to go and have a look um, they're doing the UK release of murder in the front row but as for anything else uh, you know streaming or anything like that I, I'm genuinely genuinely don't know i'm sure it will come oh excuse me <laughs> fucking hell that's this podcast for you um uh yeah if you want things like that editing out go somewhere else um but yeah it, it it's it, it's a fucking beautiful almost historical document documenting an incredible time in music where you know a, a genre was born that would then sprout off so many different ways it's untrue um, just a really good watch. Um, I absolutely loved it. I think you're picking up on the fact that I quite liked it. Um, and speaking of which, I am pressing on with getting uh, more podcast guests, more podcast guests to do the movie podcast as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to have a um, a very well known uh, metal artist who's going to be um, uh, who's going to be doing that with me again soon. Um, going to be getting all of these out to you as soon as possible. Just constantly getting shit out to you. Anyway, look, let's have a interview rather than a 20 minute boring rant about coronavirus like I did a few weeks ago. So, guys, here we go. First interview up. Now, um, I'm sure some of you out there remember me, Kong Delta, from first time round. I know I do. Um, and as soon as I saw them on my interview list, I thought I would really, really like to speak to them. So um, after a few emails, managed to set up a call with Ralph and have a chat about Mekong Delta, you know, the, 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 the present and the past and um, what potentially the future can hold. So here's Ralph and I having a chat a couple of days ago. Oh, hello. Hello. Is that Ralph? 
Hi, I just checked with my girlfriend because I sent it to you the right number. She got it in her, uh, in her phone. <laughs> uh, uh, it was it was uh, uh, an error on my end. For some reason, there was a uh, there was a missing digit, a missing a missing number um, copying over into my phone. So I spotted it, added the one in the middle, and here we are. <laughs> okay. Um, so how how are you doing? How's um, how are you surviving the uh, the current situation? The current situation, well, it's not. Not too hard over here because I'm I did not live in a city, so it's more outside, it's more countryside, and here uh, over here there's nothing with corona. We got I think in the whole area we got about hundred persons who are infected, and this is real a small number. We got right. nearly four hundred thousand people here, and so yeah, in the whole area, you know, and it's, I know you you getting a hard time at the moment, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. We're, uh, I'm in I'm in London, um, and uh, oh, so yeah, it's not it's not it's not great. But having said that, they have slackened off the lockdown a bit, so you know we're we're okay. And at least you know I didn't force the panic button because <laughs> the deal is that I'm interested in things like that, like uh, pandemies and like uh, quantum physics, physics and all this stuff. So everybody who read something about this in the past in books knows that it would happen one time it's only a question when so i was oh, yeah. surprised oh, yeah. well, so i remember i remember this movie i don't know you know this outbreak as well as outbreak and contagion as well yeah contagion is much better at least because uh, it's more realistic but outbreak was the first time i was uh, confronted with this and uh, after that i got a quite big interest and get several books and one was uh, the upcoming plaques it's dealing with the work of the CDC and all this stuff, and oh, it was quite interesting. And from that on, I know that this would happen one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've been saying it for ten years that you know we we're due a pandemic. I mean, it's you know you look back throughout history, and um, you know there's clear evidence that they they, they come around. Um, yeah. And it's been so long since we'd had one that yeah, statistically, it, it kind of had to happen, really. Yeah, I think so. That's the the real last big one were in uh, 1920 and then you got one in 1969 uh, the, 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 the Spanish flu the Spanish uh, Spanish in any way. It was started in the US. Um, yeah, it, uh, I know, but uh, it started in army army camp, as far as I remember, because I got to, I read once a book where this where there was a study which was deep inside where it really happened first time. I think it was uh, a pig flu. Is it right? Can I say pig flu? Uh, yeah, I think swine uh, swine yeah, flu yeah. is what we called it. Swine flu, but pig pig flu is yeah, great. That's it's nice. It's that's a nice. That's a nice German way of saying it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the pig flu, and it uh, was not uh, recognized first, and then it came over to an army camp and was spread from there on. But I didn't really remember. It's about ten years ago or something like that. I read this. Yeah, yeah. That, well, uh, um. <laughs> well, I, that's that's um, that's pandemics and the current situation covered. Um, it's not all bad news. There's a new Mekong Delta album for the uh, first time in six years. Um, so um, you know, it's a, a nice surprise. I wasn't expecting that. 
Um, and um, you know, it, it's it's obviously been in the work for works for a long time. Um, when did you first start out on this? Oh, I started when I started working on all working was quite a long time ago because uh, you know, uh, working on an album for me is all the time a real job. No, it's uh, it cost me years and <laughs> it cost me ages of energy all the time because uh, I if I finished the last one uh, into a mirror darkly I uh, started first to come back to the idea I got uh, you know this uh, novella all the time uh, try to make tonal this one uh, is a novel into the heart of darkness and I spent it two years with this and it didn't work but then I got a lot of good riffs which I like very much and so uh, I said maybe you should put away the idea to go to this into the heart of darkness maybe you should work with riffs yet and make something new and try what came out with that and at least it starts and I need about one year uh, to put all the songs together you have to know I write everything by myself that means that uh, at least the people, the musicians who work with me, got final arrangements um, without solos and without drums. You know, drummer yeah. got only an orientation and solos, okay, well, I can play solos on my neighbor, I can play solo on bass or uh, classical guitar, but not on e guitar. And uh, when I start, it's mostly that way that I got a riff, and if I like it, and got another riff, and things that they correspond to uh, correspond together. Um, I try a bit more how it works for me after a while. And if I still like it after two weeks, I say, there must be something more. And then came the great thing, because about, mm, I think, ten years ago, I started to make a pool. You know, a, a riff could, uh, two, things, two things can happen to a riff over a year. First, it's thrown into trash, or it's good enough, but no song, and I put it into the pool. So if I got two or three riffs which I like and which work together, I got a real big pool which is 10 years old where I can pick out something that maybe could fit and could continue. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. We have, yeah. a, we have a riff bank. I, mean, I, I should mention this, actually. Um, I, I sing in a UK thrash band called Acid Rain. Um, ah. And um, I've been doing stand-up for 25 years in between bringing the band back in 2015. So... Um, um yeah i know i know exactly what sorry I, I should have said that all at the beginning um but um but uh we were we were too we were too uh fascinated by technology at the time um, yeah but, technology is a fine thing nowadays uh, oh absolutely well it com- very much comes into into the play when writing so yeah what i was saying exactly what you have we have we, we have a riff bank that we go to where yeah. uh, you know, and and it's it's a case of like you know yeah you go to the riff bank and you make a you either make a deposit or you make a withdrawal um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing at least is you can store as much as possible. Yeah. That's the fine thing. You got a good idea and just okay, and you can play it, or if you want, you can do it with a library where the instrument is simulated. If you are, didn't get an instrument by hand, because I'm mostly composing my head, and then go to the instrument. And if I got the idea in my head, I also could put on the, the computer. Okay, the computer is on the whole day. <laughs> I switch to the composing program then, and just write it down. It's fantastic if I compare that to the situation we got 20 years ago. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, well, we had basically, yeah, nothing like that. I mean, it has, I, funnily, I did an interview today and, so, and I was asked, how, how has the writing 
um, uh, changed over the years. And it's like, well, you know, like everything, the internet got invented and everything changed. Yeah, without the internet, we couldn't work in any way because all the musicians I work with uh, are top musicians and they are mostly not in Germany because Alex, for example, Alex, he lives in London for a while, I think for five or six years. The drummer, Alex Langburg, lives in London for quite a long time. Peter lives in Sweden. And yeah. uh, the singer Martin is in Germany, but 500, 600 kilometers far away. So for us, it's normal since I think we started with that in, yeah, on the Latin Fair album, we started with that, that I simply sent them the notation with, uh, and the bass MPEG file so that they could put on their things and that I can then decide whether I can use it or not. So we are quite used to that. And we, yeah, we get it quite good nowadays with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like yourself, we're 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 spread all over, not in different countries. Well, actually, in some different countries, but um, um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean when you. When... <laughs> Sorry to, to interrupt. Alex was in LA while he's drumming. He was drumming the album. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, and Pete actually was in Sweden while he played his guitars. Right. Okay. So were they? So did they basically? Did you? Did you send out? Did you send out? Um, you know plans for them to record too and they just they recorded all their bits and then sent it back into you yeah i sent them uh, normally they can get what they want uh, alex asked mostly for a midi version for an idea what i would like to have there and then he goes to his uh, electronic drum set which he got all the time with him and uh, tries to get something out of the ideas i send it him and then he make a arrangement peter mostly only ask for the MIDI files and then he studied it on the guitar and then says this is playable, this is not playable and send it me over the real guitar then. It's a quite nice way of working. Yeah, and I, it's it's kind of like, it, you're, you're kind of like this chef who's just sort of popping all these ingredients into the, uh, in, into the final meal um, yeah. and getting your bits and pieces from everybody and their suggestions and their, and, and their parts. Yeah, yes. This is a real, as mentioned before, it's it's a real long process. After the one, for example, if I if I go directly to this album, it cost me about one year to make the basic arrangement of all songs before I sent out out the first things to the musicians. You know, it was one year of really hard work, and if I start working on an album, I mostly really work between ten and fourteen hours a day on it. Wow. So it, yeah, it, it's it's that explains the six year gap between albums. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's getting harder because especially this one. Then we need one year to make the arrangement. That way, we it's not only that I say you played, you don't play that is. We have to find um, something what we all like, at least. Okay, I never no, nobody would say to me this riff must be played different. And I never would do, uh, or we can't use this riff. We only can say, this riff is not playable. No one would say me, for example, I should change the bass. And if I uh, send Peter a riff, I would never say to him, play it different. Because I know he knows what he has to play that, because he's an electric guitar player. I'm not. And the result is all the time fascinating for me. If you hear it before and then I got his real guitar, it's all the time blowing me away. But it cost one year to get to really get deep into the stuff with the whole group, 
And after that, we start recording. Not direct recording. It's mostly that way. That then, if everything is clear and everybody say, okay, I like it, then we go to the point where everybody is rehearsing that a lot because uh, saying this is okay and then play it are two different <laughs> pairs of shoes, you know. Yeah. And after, <laughs> after then, everybody feels fit in the material. Then we start recording. And that was, I think, after two and a half years this time. And while they are going to the point that they rehearsed, my bass is mostly already finished because I have I worked with the stuff already two and a half years. I should be able to play it then. So they get the final bass as a bass. Huh? A bass? As a bass. How, how should I say it? Yeah, they got the bass as a bass. Yes. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> um, yeah they've, well, they've, they've got the basis of what they're going to be working on. <laughs> yeah, right. And mostly I got the guitars first and Alex is coming after that. And that's the hard, the hard point. Sometimes we only... Uh, we decide that the tempo is not fast enough after we right. hear the drum. You yeah, know, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah, absolutely, and yeah. That could lead into terrible problems. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the mental entropy of the first song on the album is a funny thing because we decide, oh, no, we have to play the second riff much faster. And Peter and I say, yeah, okay, let's do that. And we put on, I think, 25 beats. And so, yes, we will do that uh, till tomorrow, Alex. Then we will get a new file for drums. And then we notice what he has said. We were unable to play it. <laughs> <laughs> it cost me two weeks to prepare myself to play 25 beats faster. This is such a horrible risk. I called myself an idiot. <laughs> How could you idiot write this thing? It was incredible. But finally it works. But cost me, I was... One of these, uh, one of the riffs which uh, takes the most time on this album, the second one, this down, downwards theme, the diddly diddly diddly, which goes up downwards. <laughs> well, I, I think um, at, listening to this, anyone who's familiar with your music will be. Um, I, I guess it won't be a massive surprise that there's so much, um, so much work and it, that it's it's so in depth. Because the final result is, um, you know, is spectacular. I mean, you must be pleased with the um, with the new album, I would have thought. Yeah, that is mostly the problem. You know, you know, when I are in a situation that a lot of group, a lot of groups, repeat themselves each year with the same songs. I don't like that because they play it in, in a small, various way. But at least it's mostly the same, and they and they just do it for the pressure that they have to be in the media. I don't like that. I only open my mouth if I have something to say, yeah. you know, musically, because I keep calm and... <laughs> well, you're, um, you're, t- you're talking to somebody who, um, who has a 29-year gap between the uh, second album and the third album. So, yeah, I, 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 I definitely, I see, yeah. Kept, definitely kept quiet because I had nothing to say for 29 years. <laughs> yeah, the- that's the right way. I don't, for me, it's, I don't, you know, everybody is asking me, why don't you make everything, every day something new or every week or say something. I got so many requests, I say, I don't have to say something. What should I say? <laughs> I'm, you know, every good music takes a long time. And uh, the more complex the music gets, the more time it's needed. 
uh, it needs. And this one was really, especially for the orchestral ones, this was real, real hard work. For, to give you an example, I take, uh, for, because I laughed about the technique short before, the new record, the new record, record as, as the highest point, you know what I mean, not recording, the record, uh, was that I need for uh, when all hope is gone, at the highest tutti part with all instruments, we got over 200 tracks. Wow. And this, uh, especially this when all hope is gone, takes, because I use a big orchestra, you, have to, you can, uh, uh, you can very, uh, you can make various uh, variations, a small orchestra is 40 people, a mid orchestra is 60, and I take, and I take for this one, I take 120. People orchestra is a big one, normally used for Shostakovich, for right. Wagner, or yeah. for whatever. And to write all this down and then make it sounding real with yes. the computer, yeah. because of simulation, that cost me ages. Well, it, well, I can tell you now that um, one of the things I wanted to bring up about the album was the use of strings and, and classical instruments. Um, and you've made it, honestly, it sits in there beautifully. It really does. It's... And yeah, well, I was like I said, I was gonna I was gonna bring it up because I think it's an outstanding part of the album. Yeah, it's is, great work. Thanks for that. I I only you know for me if an album is ready, it's I forgot it for a time. At the moment, I did I didn't listen to it because yeah. if you work four years on something, you need a big break. I know from all my other musicians that say it's a fantastic album. That's enough for me at the moment. I think I need one more month. To listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you I mean. You need you need to get some you need to get some distance from it because you, you when you work it when you're working on something, you you remember all the little glitches and things that you're maybe not quite happy with, but you let go anyway. And and there's all that. And if you if you keep listening to it, that's all you hear. So you, I, I know yeah. what you mean. You have to you have to stop, not listen to it, right. and then come back to it because right. you've forgotten all those right. little things. Good for for mixing, for example. Um, the, the normal the group songs I can listen to at the moment, but the orchestral songs I really cannot listen to because, especially uh, this one which we mentioned before, this one, all hope is gone. I mix two months every day, about 14 hours on this. Wow. Because a lot of people think you are crazy, but every time they got a new version, they say, hey, that's sounding even more fantastic. It sounds, sounds more real. I say, yeah, but it could. Every small thing you change, if you work together with brass and woodwinds, especially on a library, in a computer, so much work. You know, in the past, I thought all the time it would be much faster to work with a library. Nowadays, I'm on the point that it is faster and would cost less for, from your nerves if you work with a real orchestra. But the big orchestra, I cannot pay <laughs> yeah yeah it's well yeah it's it, it, hiring an orchestra is a very expensive endeavor i i, I tried this but uh, you know there's one thing which i'm all the time wondering about is uh, you got a lot of groups working with uh, semi-professional orchestras i say just let, let me say it this way semi-professional even if they're quite good and i was in contact with two ones uh, and I told them, hey, listen, this is not the stuff you have to play before. 
because normally you just make a kind of accompaniment of your group and make some here and a little bit there. I say, this is real orchestral work. And I send it to us. And I send them the package. And I really got the answer, hey, we have to rehearse it for two months at least. <laughs> they were totally surprised. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the conductor told me, hey, it will be something about 40, 50, or 60,000 this time. I said, okay, forget goodbye. Nice yeah. to meet you. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you just like to make something uh, which uh, an orchestra is playing together with you, it's easy. But to make something which got an orchestra integrated, this is quite complicated. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I... I... I mean, I remember. I remember when your new first album came out, and and the the um, the goal, the aim, the mantra, the mission of the band always seemed to be to to kind of push, you know, push the limits of what you could do. How you know, with you know, the the, the technical aspects of it. If, if if you like, you know, really early sort of math metal slash gent and stuff like that. You know, those those genres have grown out of the progressive stuff. The yeah. you know you and other bands like Blind Illusion etc. Were, were were putting out at the time. Yeah, right. That's right. It was a base, a base stock for new experiments, but it takes time because at, I remember the time it starts in the eighty seven, eighty six. Uh, the metal scene in Germany really grows. Uh, I remember that the uh, ability of music of playing a music instrument was not. Too good on most uh, on most of the musicians. I remember very fast because uh, on a lot of albums I was an engineer and it was for me. Oh my God, <laughs> you know, it was horrible. And uh, I think about 2000, around 2000, with the technic technical ability of the musicians on the instruments grows much higher. I noticed that mostly on drummers. I remember the last thing uh, I played together with Peter. Peter Haas, the drummer out of Switzerland, uh, he, sh uh, he showed me some things on drums, which say, wow, this is incredible. And uh, I think the standard of double bass you have to be able to play was something about 200, or something, something like that, if I remember right. And then 10 years later, as I uh, worked together with Uli, Uli Kusch, for the Lurking Fear, he uh, sent me uh, his drum licks, uh, the recorded drum thing, and I noticed that there was something incredible on the doorbell. He says, yeah, this is the 200, but I play some triplets, and they grow up to 240 or something like that. He said, eh? how did you play that? And he explained to me, and now Alex told me that the standard of a real good drum player is double bass about 260. And he, he shows me, he can play this, and he shows me the techniques of it. Uh, incredible. Yeah, that's it, it. Is it is kind of nuts what what, what drummers are doing these days? Um, yeah, two hundred sixty. My God, it's like a machine gun. <laughs> but but also there's but also there's there's you know there's the other adage which is you know don't put it on the album if you can't do it live. Yeah, but uh, Alex, uh, everything Alex uh, is playing on uh, on albums all the time. Do it live. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, mostly he did. Uh, he did a video, if you find the time, uh, if somebody say, hey, this is programmed or something. And he did, we never answered to the things because I noticed that a lot of people who are unable on their own instruments 
came to the point to say, oh, that can't be played. And uh, we didn't answer that. But the only thing we do is to make a video where he plays this. Well, exactly. But what you what you've got there is a is a prime example of what um, um, of what you experience in social media, where somebody uses their uses only their knowledge of something yeah. to th- to think that they know all of what is possible, and therefore you know try and call it out as being programmed. And it's just it's in in a similar way. It reminds me of the kind of comment that you get. Um, uh, being a, being a comedian, um, you yeah. you know you always get people ask. You always get people if you if you do a really good heckle put down or something like that. People say people say people say are they people say are they oh were they a plant? You know was that person in the audience in on it? And it's like no, of course they weren't. But it's just it was so quick and so funny. You can't get your head around it because there's no way you could ever be that quick or funny. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what, what what you mentioned is quite right their small knowledge they think their small knowledge is the world yes and we didn't get this problem only in music yeah in my oh, yeah. opinion this this problem grows in our whole society oh without a doubt and well well funnily yeah. enough funnily enough the title of a, of our album that we put out at the end of last year was called the age of entitlement <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> so yeah, um good. so yeah i think yeah. I, I think we might be on the same page here ralph <laughs> Too. <laughs> um, have you got any plans? Have you got any plans to be able to get on the road? Because I would imagine that actually writing this stuff takes up so much time. Are, are you going to be able to play any live shows? Base, uh, you know, around this. It was really. I think for the live side, making Delta all the time got bad luck. You know, yeah. the problem is we got a lot of offers. We really got a lot of offers, and sometimes you are able to do it. The greatest problem is that. Uh, Alex is mostly on tour. Yeah, he plays with uh, a lot of uh, of well-known groups, and this time, so we only can play sometimes bigger festivals, which are announced half a year before. Then, if that works, then he can say, "Okay, uh, I can make make uh, my time there." And so we got a standard repertoire of twenty songs, which you can play everywhere, and then go over there. But this time, it was the first time in that way. I would like to have it. We got about. 15 shows throughout Europe, in Romania, in Poland, everywhere, you know? Yeah. And even Spain, fantastic. And they were right as I like it, in one month. Because what I don't like is uh, playing there and then play one month later there and then two months later there. Yeah, yeah. The stuff is too complicated. (laughs) <laughs> to, to, to rehearse it for only one show you can do it once but if you have to do it all three months because sure we know the songs and sure we play them very often not the new ones I mean it's our standard pool yeah. but anyhow you have to play it sometimes before and so I all the time say if you are able make a tour with several dates one after each other and this was was the case of what happened this little piece of R or DNA came up and everything is cancelled now. Yeah, uh, it was... Yeah, it wasn't the best question I've ever asked, obviously, because we, don't, you know, it's, uh, we've got the, we've obviously got, yeah, we've obviously, I mean, I had to cancel a tour myself, so I know exactly what you mean. Um, it's such a, I, I mean, uh, well, at least, you know, there, there were plans. I'm going to, I'm going to take the positive out of that. Um, 
because um, well you know hopefully no one knows what's going to happen or when we're going to get to the end of this um it's a real you know it's a real mystery but um uh look the new album's great absolutely absolutely love it um it's great to have mekong delta back shame we can't have any shows but you know we can't have shows from anyone at the moment such is life um but i mean you it's it's just great to have it back and i want to congratulate you on all of your work on the production because it has paid off and also the one thing that i always ascribe to mekong delta is it sounds like no one else, including the production. You know, the production is is has a unique sound to it. It's not just the same old Pro Tools metal album. It sounds fucking great. You've done a wonderful job. Thanks for that. That's all right, Ralph. Okay, maybe we can stand in uh, in, in contact a bit with uh, males because uh, if I'm opening that, maybe we can see once. If yeah. You play there. Oh, brilliant. Well, I hope so, mate. I hope so. Um, I've got your number now, so uh, be warned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no problem. But, um, no problem. I, I got your mail, I stored your mail, and uh, it was nice to talk to you, man. Yeah, and you, mate. And look, what's your, um, uh, what, what label is the, um, is the album out on? This is on uh, Butter Records. Uh, this is a long story. Normally, I don't talk about this. Just, just let me say, I worked with a sub-company of this big Concern, do, do you say concern in English? No. Uh, with this real big company, I worked with a sub company, and the big company asked, you know, if I would like to do this with them, and I said yes, because they got a real big uh, department for international promotion. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's I'm 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 glad it's I'm glad it's worked out that way because you deserve every success. Um, okay. The album um, uh, the album is called quite cryptically Tales of a Future Past. So um, yeah, that's um, that could have been made for this. Um, look, it's been great to talk to you, Ralph. Thank you so much for your time. You are welcome. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. And that was a really nice, cool chat with um, with Ralph and. What a, what a window into a world of a band and how things um, you know change from from artist to artist. I mean, I thought I thought uh, it was complicated putting our album together, but Jesus Christ, that is just the the effort. And and for those of you wondering why um, there hasn't been more Mekong Delta albums uh, over the years, I think you know why now, don't you? <laughs> That's a hell of a lot of work that goes into every single stage of every single song on every single album it's just phenomenal it really is it really is um uh, so look a a, a few um viewing tips because i'm not going to keep those on the uh, because i just kind of feel like we're all sort of wanting something to watch um so at the moment I, i i would still say southland if you google the word southland you'll usually get southland tales but southland you will find is free on quite a few streaming services. Once you get up to a, 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 a certain number of series, you start having to pay for them now, or you can search around on the net and you will find them um, streaming for free. Um, excellent TV series, really good, uh, gripping cop stuff. It's one of the great cop shows. Honestly, it is one of the great cop shows. It just never took off over here. Five seasons of it in the States, absolutely superb. But it is right up there with all of the cop shows. You, and honestly, it's definitely worth checking out. Please do. The other thing is, um, I think I've mentioned before, the uh, the Mike Judge um, presents Tales from the Tour Bus. Um, if you've got Sky, you can find that. 
Uh, Google it. Just might judge tales from the tour bus. It, you know, no metal stories, but who gives a shit? Just fucking amazing stories of amazing musicians back in the day when really, basically, well, all of the stories involve a lot of drugs. Um, usually, um, people being utterly clueless. Uh, but it, 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 it is fucking brilliant all the same. Um, and I really, really would check that out. Musically, needless to say, Quadra Sepultura is still fucking kicking my ass. I've rediscovered Defiance, the prophecy. Um, that's something that's, um, that's uh, yeah, it's just reminded me how good it is the other day. Um, I'm, uh, I'm listening to some unreleased stuff as well. Yeah, just a few little bits and pieces there. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it, there's there's all sorts out there, um, and I'm just wondering if there's anybody that I've left out because there is some serious um, stuff coming out at the moment, um, and it, you know you want to be across as much of it as possible because I don't know about anyone else, but yeah, discovering all the old stuff is great and all the rest of it, but it would be nice to have some some proper new tunes to look forward to by someone. So I just paused um, the mic there and I've got an ice cream van around the corner. And as soon as I started recording to get the ice cream van's tune on the podcast, that fucker switched it off. Uh, but anyway, um, let's get let's crack on for the um, let, let's crack on into the next interview um, and I'll um, uh, I'll see what I'm I'll, I'll see what I can give you as uh, music tips. If you give a shit, that is. I mean, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> That's that's my Corona motto, motto right there. Anyway, fucking hell, this is taking forever. Um, let's get the final, final interview on. Now, um, those of you that are listeners of the podcast will know that I um, I loved the most recent Candlemas album, um, which is just fucking awesome. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, it's. It's amazing, and uh, it's the return um, of vocalist uh, Johan Lanquist. And so, what did I decide to do when I saw his name on the list? I thought, awesome. One of my favourite albums. One of my, uh, definitely, you know, in my all-time favourite bands, purely because of the album Nightfall, which is absolutely fucking amazing. Um, But, um, yeah, so I thought, right, it's time to get this man on so ladies and gentlemen will you please welcome to the show spoken him to it was a couple of weeks a few weeks ago now actually um candlemas vocalist johan lundquist hello hi is that johan yeah hi hello Hello. there Uh, i was i was in the car actually driving home from work so oh right uh, okay that's where I needed another minute. I'm sorry for that, but now I'm inside my home, so uh, I'm okay, right? <laughs> no problem. So you're, you're still you're still allowed out to work then? Yeah, actually, most of the people are here in Sweden. But if you sneeze or something like that, then you have to go home straight straight ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we're um, I think we're we're about a kind of two weeks into uh, yeah, not being allowed to do anything at the moment. Yeah, I heard so. I was talking to someone the other day from England, actually, and he told me so. Two two weeks of lockout. <laughs> yeah, with um, with with much more to come by the looks of it. It's um, it's a it's a strange time. 
Yeah, very strange, very strange. And you, I, we don't know what it, what, what is happening here in Sweden either. But uh, so far, we're allowed to go to work as long as we're not sneezing and things like that. Uh, well, I, I, look, I, I, I hope it stays that way. I hope it doesn't get any worse. No, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, uh, well, we've we've got a, we've got a little bit in common actually, because um, I I sing in a um, in a UK thrash metal band called Acid Rain. Um, okay, and, okay. And we were we were around back in the day, and then we had like a hiatus of twenty odd years, and then we just put our first album out for twenty nine years uh, in September. Um, okay, awesome. Huh? So I know, so I know the feeling of fronting a band after having a long time away. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, was the name Acid Rain? Was that right? I'll yeah, that's out. right. In, in fact, funnily enough, we we toured. Um, I've got a poster in my front room here. We toured with Nuclear Assault, Candlemass and Dark Angel in, across Europe in 89. Okay, okay, awesome. With the, the, I, then it was Messiah singing, right? It was, I yes. So. I, had to, I, had to help him, I had to help him tighten his monk's habit robe every night. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, don't, don't, don't ask. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Uh, so um, look, I'm, I, I apologise in advance for ask for for asking some of these questions, which I'm sure you're a sick of and b have answered you know a ton of times uh, before. No, no problem, I, no problem at all. Just shoot and ask whatever you want to. <laughs> okay, great. Well, look, first off, um, uh, the Daughter Doom was one of my albums of the year. Um, I, I, just an absolute phenomenal return. Um, and um, and it all topped off by by your performance as well, and I couldn't help but think as a fellow as a fellow singer listening to your performance, I couldn't help but think, yeah, you you have carried on singing. So 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 because that's that, that's a, that's not the performance of somebody who took thirty years off from singing. So no um, no, no no no. Actually, uh, I've been into music uh, more or less all of my life and I've been writing songs uh, all of my life uh, and uh, I've I've done you know a couple of gigs with Candlemass and some other bands too but not on a regular basis so uh, I've been with, I've been into music uh, all the time so that's true. <laughs> and were you? And were, was was there any singing involved in that? Were you actually sort of you know performing with bands? Uh, no, yeah, a couple of what do you say? Uh, a couple of guys asked me, "Can you come over and do this?" Let's say in the church at weddings and uh, with a my small band somewhere, uh, but not not on a regular basis the way we're doing now with candle mass but yeah. um, i've been uh, doing things uh, yeah at least one or two performances a year if, but it could have been you know at, at a wedding or acoustic with just a friend on a acoustic guitar or something like that so i have been into music Right, yeah. I mean, it's when well, when it's when it's a love, it's a love, isn't it? It's, it doesn't go away. Yeah, if yeah, just, yeah, yeah. If course. you just don't happen to be in a band I, that moment, I, I will always uh, be involved in music in one way or another. It's just uh, it's a part of me, and uh, yeah, 
you know you know what it's like it's just the way it is uh, if you do if you do if you don't make any money it doesn't matter as long as you can get your food on your table but it's about love and passion yeah absolutely it's about i mean it's it's about the let's face it it's not about the money no no definitely not i can tell yeah um I mean, it's uh, when when first time round with the band, um, you know, did you did you get to do much touring and and, and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, within this uh, a year a year and a half, we've done pretty. Yeah, I don't know exactly. But I don't know thirty gigs or something like that. So we've done. For for being uh, a band like us, I think we've we've done a couple of gigs, yeah. Right. Okay. And and what about when you were in the band the first time around? Was there was was there anything happening? You know, live wise. Uh, no, actually not. I I don't know if you maybe you've heard the story too, but you know I had my own band at that very time, so. Um, the deal I had with uh, uh, Candlemass at that time was that I'm okay and and I would love to sing with you guys and do the album with you, but but you know I can't leave my own project. Uh, you know, I had my very own project at that time and I was uh, had so much uh, what do you say faith and believe in that. So I, uh, we had had a serious discussion about it, and they they understood me, and they called me up a couple of days later or something like that, and they said, "Well, you um, we we understand you, but we want you to sing on the album anyway." And and so I did. So I didn't perform at that time uh, in the band at all, actually. Right. Okay. So this is so this is a completely new experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. You know, I've done Epicus since two thousand oh seven. Uh, I don't know a year, one year, and then a year off, and then I I don't know all, all the years when I did that with them, but. Uh, uh, at least since 2007, I've, I've, I've been doing Epicus a couple of times. Right. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've sort of you've sort of come a, uh, sort of dipped in and dipped out. How did the how did the actual right? Let's go and let's come on and do this, you know, full time. How, how did that happen? Was just was that an approach from Leaf or how did it come about? No, actually, it was a map. He called me up and uh, asked me what I would say about being a full-time member of Candlemass. And I said, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the perfect time for me now. You know, I, I, I have four kids and seven grandchildren, but they're all grown-ups now, my kids. So uh, it's the perfect time and I can do whatever I want. And I said, yes, but... If I do this now, it has to be a hundred percent from my point of view, and he agreed, of course. And we went to the studio actually the day after, and I heard the songs for the first time. And uh, yeah, you you like the album, and so 
when I heard the songs, I said, yeah, can we start recording them right away? And, and so we did, actually. Oh, that's brilliant. That, yeah. I mean, and, and that must have been such a unique experience as well, you know, just all coming from kind of one phone call out the blue and the timing was perfect. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I helped them out once or twice during the years doing some demos and things like that when they were looking for uh, another singer. I think it was before they found Thomas Wikström and uh, but this at this time now it, everything felt so right and uh, uh, and I, I I still like every minute of it I can tell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 just yeah the the album itself. I mean, there's just huge riffs on it. I mean, I I think I must have had the same feeling listening to it, like the completed version that you must have had when you when you heard the songs, which is like just let me at them. You know, I want to I want to get my voice on those. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt uh, about that like that right away and just. Can can you get me in? Can give me a microphone and and, and I want to I want to walk into the music, and uh, and I did it right away. So so. And were the up. was the was the EP? Are they are they all songs that were left over from the album? Yeah, I, actually, I didn't know that till uh, a couple of months after the album was done that there were more songs. So that that was pretty new to me when uh, someone asked me if uh, if you're going to do uh, the other songs too. Uh, so I didn't know there were any leftovers at all in the very beginning. But uh, then I heard them, and uh, yeah, the next EP came out. <laughs> <laughs> And what was it like being back in the studio with those guys as well? I mean, you know, it was a, it, it was all nice because we all know how fractious the studio can get. Yeah, but but you know, uh, Marcus Gidel, he's the boss of the recording, and uh, I, I actually know him since before. We've actually done a couple of gigs together during the years, so. Uh, I'm very comfortable with Marcus, and he's an, very good to work with. And uh, Leif sometimes shows up, and we're, you know, playing around uh, with the lines and things like that. So it's we're having a really good time. And and the the big difference, if you compare to the very beginning in the eighties. You know, you can take a, a line or two and then you can stop and then you can... It's easier to record these days. Yeah, yeah, much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly how we did Epicus, actually, but I think you had to at least sing long parts because before you could stop and then do the next one. You know, there were, were tapes at that time, so it's yes. that's a big difference. Uh, but I think it's just, what do you say, rat- rational to record that way. So, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you, you can catch your song with a good spirit and then you do one mistake and then 
you had to take it all over from the beginning again. Yeah. Uh, but that's not necessary these days. So it's it's uh, very a very rational way to work, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've I've I found it's um, you know the the cut and paste is incredibly useful, um, especially for things like choruses where you know you've 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 got a, a brilliant you know you've you've happy you've absolutely nailed a chorus. Um, yeah. And you can just you can save your voice, you know, you can save your yeah. voice by just by just moving it across. But I'll I'll always try and kind of, you know, at least change one line in each chorus just to give them that, you know, yeah. that natural yeah. feeling. Yeah, actually, we never we never repeat the chorus, uh, for example. Uh, uh, we want, you know, it to so- sound as natural as possible. So so there is always. One take on the chorus, the first one, and then a new one on the second one, and then a new one if there is a third chorus too. So, so we we do never, we don't repeat. Maybe you can repeat, of course, the quiet behind it all. But but uh, the lead vocals there there is uh, is always. Uh, a final take for that very chorus, but even though you're seeing it about the same, but there could be small differences that makes it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, well, I just think it's important that you ca- you can't just have these cookie cutter choruses that like are exactly the same using the exactly exactly no. the same take. No, 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 no. <laughs> and and I think I think also listeners are are not aware of the fact that, that they would notice if we did that. Because you do you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's, it's almost like there's a part of your brain going, "There's something not right here." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I understand what you're talking about, and and I I, I don't know about all the listeners, but uh, I think the majority wouldn't uh, hear the difference, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the sounds of it, are you um, are you quite collaborative in the studio as well? As in, you know, you're you're open to ideas and trying things. Yeah, and, yeah, know. of course, of course. The main the main thing for me is is that uh, to feel comfortable with the way I do the song. And uh, first, in the very first place, I have to find myself in. To the music, and uh, when I, when I'm there, I'm in. Then we can t- try out different kind of what do you say moods or uh, change a note somewhere or whatever. It's fun to do that. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I I I mm. I can get lost. I can get very much kind of lost in the um, in the in the in the tracking experience because I I, I find myself kind of focusing so much on it i it's i kind of almost forget to enjoy it <laughs> okay oh i can sometimes sing something and then wow that that was good marcus wasn't it yeah it was can you do it one more time he says and then my god i lost it oh don't <laughs> worry he said he says because i would have all, already recorded it so that's a very good thing about Marcus because he's recording when you're playing around and the, uh, sometimes he yeah. said I I took that one it was awesome so <laughs> the, yeah the the old the old trick of saying I'm not recording this just just have a run through 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they think that you're all nice and relaxed, and then you, and then they go, yeah, I was recording actually, and that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I well, it's, it's, I guess it's, I guess it's that, you know, it's that mental thing, isn't it? The, the, the pressure's off, and you know, you, you can, you're, you're free to, um, yeah, to just try stuff. Yeah, yeah, could, could be. I, I, I'm not that nervous, but, but in, in, in some way, yes, uh, absolutely. When you know the bottom is button is pushed and do it uh, or when you're playing around did you record that yes i did did you record that no i i didn't uh, can we do it one more time i think like that so so uh, i it, it's a very relaxed way of doing the recordings with uh, Muff and uh, with <laughs> marcus and uh, Leif around so we're having a good time all of us yeah, that's great. That's great. And and uh, and being back with the band. I mean, you came back in in, in 2018. Um, and you see, you've done about what you've done about 30 shows since then. Yeah, I, I think so. Around there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and um, obviously, being covering. Have you managed to get to the states yet in that time? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, sorry. Have you managed to get to the states yet in that time? Stage year. Uh, no, I, sorry, USA. Have you managed to get to the USA? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, not playing there, but we, we uh, actually we were just about to go to the US. Oh. We, we, we uh, we've been working with this visa stuff, uh, and uh, they were all set and done. And then this Corona thing uh, happened, so uh, we were actually about to be there. I think it was in. This month, actually, in the end of this month or something like that. So, but so we this could not. We this... haven't been there. Uh, um, we've been doing, you know, the seventy thousand tons of metal, so we just passed through there, and we stayed a day or two in Miami, but uh, uh, never actually playing for the U.S. audience yet. Ah, but, right. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, funnily mm-hmm. enough, I've just I've just remembered. Um, we we were supposed to be playing a show with you in in Dublin on May the second. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But that one's cancelled too, right? Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's it's. Um, I think they've they've um, they've rescheduled it to to a September yeah. date, but unfortunately, um, we're, we're we're the only band who can't make it. Okay, that's sad. Would have been a great. <laughs> time to meet each other <laughs> yeah i know and I'd, I'd love to i'd love to have seen um i'd love to have seen leaf again after all these years yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually pretty good right now it, he's been bad yeah for a couple of years i don't know if you know yes i I, I, did, I did hear that he, yeah. he, he wasn't well yeah but uh now he's been with us for one and a half year and every single gig so he's done very well and I think he's pretty happy for the moment of <laughs> what happened. Oh, that's great! That's great because and, and yeah. especially with um, uh, with such a with such a strong album. I mean, you must have been really pleased with the reviews because I, I I just you know I saw fantastic feedback everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I I, I of all the ones that that I've read, I I don't think there are. No, no, uh, they're good, everyone. I think so. I, I haven't read them all, but very good. So uh, I'm pleased, and 
very happy about that, of course. But, you know, music is music. It's very important that you keep keep going on the best and do the best you can right now because you never know what happens the next year or the year after. So well, we yeah. have to keep the candle mass machine running. <laughs> yeah, and well, prime example of you never know what's going to happen is, you know, is exactly what's happening now. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, obviously very strange and unprecedented. Um, yeah. But have you, have you, did you, have you stayed in touch with, with the world of metal while, whilst not being in Candlemas? Is, 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 you know, is it your kind of music or are you, uh, do you have a broader tastes? Yeah, I'm definitely a metal guy. Absolutely. I, I'm a, I really do love the metal uh, that were done in the beginning of the 80s. You know, Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, uh, Rainbow, Scorpions. Uh, uh, that's my kind of, what do you say, base. That's where, that's the time when I fell in love with heavy metal. Uh, but, but of course, I like other, other kinds of music too, but... Uh, uh, I I'm, I'm really I really love heavy guitars. I can tell that yeah. uh, a good song with good heavy guitars, and that's that's the thing for me. Do you know what? You're I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. I was I was <laughs> I was listen I was listening to. Um, uh, the um, Better the Devil You Know, which was, you know, the band that was basically Black Sabbath, but with Dio fronting them. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, the, and they did one album. Um, uh, I can't remember what uh, it was uh, called. I, I can't recall the title. That, that album for the moment. But, yeah, me, uh, me uh, neither. I but I was, I was, I was listening. Um, I was listening on Shuffle uh, a couple of days ago, and and one of the songs from that came on. And I ju- just heard it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is so good." The guitar sound on it is awesome, and it's Tony Iommi playing. And then you've got yeah. Ronnie Dio over the top of it, and it was like, you know, I, I remember it, but it's fr- it's from kind of like two thousand, two thousand and five, something like that. But it it, mm-hmm. it it could have been from way back in the eighties. But it just it 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 was just it stirred something in me that reminded me of yeah. those old days. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I actually, I've been playing with. Some younger, not young kids, because I, I, I'm pretty old right now, but younger people uh, through the years. And uh, when we have tried out playing, what do you say, guitar riffs in the way they did it in the 80s, and they're excellent musicians, but you know, some of the, they can't find the spirit of it. I, I don't know. You have, maybe you. We we were born in in it, but uh, if you uh, if you, you you have to have your very special uh, what do you say um, I, uh, connection to it? Uh, yeah, you know when when you're young and wild and listening to metal, you you were so dedicated, so you hear that very little difference. If a guy know knows what it's all about, or if he don't, do you know what I'm talking about? You know, yes. there are great, a lot of great musicians out there, but you can't. Let's say a guy that he doesn't like metal. I, I'm pretty sure that I would be surprised 
if he could do some of the rips in the very right way. But yeah. may, may, maybe someone can. But, but you need to, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but there is something about it. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there, there is. And I think, I think um, it is... The, the strange thing, I don't. I don't know anybody who's got into into metal later in life. You know, it, no. it, for, it, for no. me, it's something like you 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 get it and that's it. You're 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 in it for good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's something about you know hanging on the cords, maybe a little shorter or a little longer, or I I I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, there is something about the way they played it. Uh, in the 80s and of course they are still playing it <laughs> and uh, uh, i really love it yeah and and I, I it's it's kind of it's been with me for so long now you know i mean from from such a from such an early age um in, in mm. fact that's that's a, a question if it's not too deli- delicate a question um how old are you now uh, i'm uh... Fifty-seven. I'm fifty-seven this summer. Ah, there's, well, there's, there's, there's not that much different. There's not that much difference between us. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm for, uh, I'm forty-nine at the moment. I will actually, I'll be, uh, I'll be fifty in a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be joining you in the five O's. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe have you got a big brother that was listening to it also, or no? Well, it's funny you should say that. I had a, I had an elder sister, but she w- okay. she started hanging around with guys who were listening to metal. And, okay, and, okay. And, and so they started coming over the house. So that that is kind of like yeah, that's a, that's a very, that's a very perceptive um, uh, uh, question because yeah, they yeah. It, it's it, do you know what you? That's a really good point you're making there. There is. Everybody can trace back through their musical history to that person who introduced metal into their life. You know what I mean? That person who um, uh, who first played you Black Sabbath or first played you, you know, Rainbow or something like that. There's, I think everybody has that that person in their life. I I I, I didn't hear you the last. Thirty seconds. If you said something important, there was oh, something right. cutting in the phone. Ah, right. Okay. No, I was just. Um, it, it was that last bit really. That is that. Um, who who was the person in your life that introduced you to metal at an early age? Yeah. Yeah. It it was kind of myself and and my friends. We were you know young and we found the Judas Priest, the Black Sabbath albums, and we were you know, joining together and just sat on our boys' boy rooms and playing them, playing it. And then we were started talking about being a band and things like that. The ordinary things. Yeah. But I, actually, I, have, I have, have a brother and he's, he's 50, actually. And I think uh, he, he, he got hooked by of metal by listening to me <laughs> when, when I was playing at my room when he was a kid, I think, because he, he got into heavy metal too in the end. And that's your fault? Yeah, that could, could be my fault. <laughs> Brilliant. So were you, before, you were, before you were in a band, were you, were you doing any kind of singing? How did you kind of initially find out that you could sing? Mm. 
No, uh, I, I, actually, you know, we, we, in Sweden, you, you start your music career with a kind of a flute. I don't know the name of that flute, but, uh, you know, that never leads to something. And uh, I, I, I did go to a teacher and playing uh, that flute, whatever it was called, and... Uh, but it uh, didn't uh, give me anything. And then I actually started playing piano, and for a while I actually had private lessons. So I was about to... I started to play classical music on the piano when I was, I don't know, 10, 11, but then my parents got divorced, and uh, uh, yeah, it all ended, and... to be honest, that teacher, he was pretty boring, so I wouldn't have continued anyway. But, and, uh, you know, when you're at that age, girls and uh, motorbikes and things like that started to <laughs> <laughs> twist my head. And uh, then later on, when I was about 14, 15, uh, we, were, uh, we started up a band. With right, the, with the, my friends at school, so. And so it's, it is the it is the classic tale of just. I mean, I'm, I'm again. Uh, I I was exactly the same. You know, that's a bunch of friends, all loved thrash metal, all went to school together, decided to form a band so we could play the music we loved. And it's yeah, that, it, and that is kind of like you know that that's a story that millions of people recognise. Yeah, 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 I think so. Definitely, that's the way how it starts for everyone, I think, in the very beginning. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, look, it, I, it's been an absolute pleasure, Johan, it really has. Um, I, if, if you can hang on there, um, I'm going to finish the main interview now, but I do have some uh, listener questions, if you'd, be, uh, if you'd be happy to answer them. Yeah, of course. Brilliant. Of course. OK, thank you very much, but for now... Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Nice talking to you. <laughs> and to finish off there, Johan, what a lovely um what a lovely chat that was as well. And he did some really cool questions for patrons as well. <coughs> Excuse me. That does remind me. If you would like to get involved with Talking Bollocks, if you'd like more from the podcast, you can get the podcast before everyone else if you sign up as, as a patron. But more importantly, you will get advance notice of who's coming on the show and you'll be able to submit your questions to them and get your very own podcast each month. It's just for you, with yours and all the other patrons' uh, questions on there. And believe you me, it's, you know, it's really cool. You know, people have got a chance to ask some pretty heavy-hitting uh, metal gods, people like Max and stuff like that, you know, uh, questions. So if you, want to join, if you want to sign up, $5 a month... Um, patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith go and have a look at that see see what you think um, so look uh, not a lot to do here I have already um, spoken to you on the previous podcast and I have also spoken to you at the front of this one um, yeah I, I've got to be honest lockdown is, um, is certainly um, well recent experiences that I've already mentioned is, um, has, has really kind of tinged the whole lockdown experience to be honest but oh, fucking hell I shouldn't use this podcast as a, a vent for my life and my feelings but do you know what I live on my own I'm 
over 200 miles from my nearest relative and you lot are going to have to do. <laughs> yep, that's right. I'm going to confess all I'm not. But look, guys, I appreciate that this is not easy to get through, whether you're still working through it or, or, or not, if you're in lockdown, if you're on furlough, if you're working but restricted, whatever it is you're doing out there, absolutely, completely and totally feel for you. And, um, you know, let's all just get through this, get out the other side. All right. Let's just all get through it. And let's hope for some cracking new music soon. I'm going to keep my eyes out um, and um, and let you all know um, what's coming out as and when. I'm going to be all over it, I promise you. Um, and, you know, just drop me a message, drop me a tweet, anything like that. Anybody you want on the podcast, especially female guests. Any female guests we'd like on the podcast, please let me know. Okay? It'd be really good to know. Um, guys, it's always a pleasure and it is never a chore and it is always being great in your ears. But it's about that time where I have to go. Literally, I don't have to. I mean, I could sit here effectively for the rest of the day and just talk into this mic and it wouldn't make any difference. But hey, we need to give our lives some structure. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. Structure head here needs to go and get some lunch. It's quarter to two. I'm fucking starving. There you go. That's what that's what happens when you fucking lock down. Fucking piss battle pile of shit that it is. Fucking hell. Honestly, I keep my my brain keeps saying, "Oh, let's go and do that." Oh no, I can't do that. What was the other one the other day? Oh, uh, it might be a year until I have a proper haircut. Where the fuck does that come from? Who the fuck needs that in their head? And then people offering me stand up gigs, stand up gigs, yeah, online stand up gigs. That is me dressed up as an old man in my front room shouting at a camera. That is not stand up. No audience means no show. That's just my feelings on it. That's just the way I roll. Plenty of other comics are doing them and say they're enjoying them, and that's wonderful. I'm pleased for them. But um, live audience in a live room, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. And for when it's going to happen again, I don't know. I don't know, but it will. Surely it will. Surely it will. The new normal can't be that new, can it? It can't be that new. Or could it? Who knows? No one's got any answers. Fucking hell, Howard. You've just ended up talking about Corona again. I don't know why. I don't know why I fucking... Oh, look, planes. At least they're about. Honestly, I'm on the, I'm up slightly on the Heathrow flight path here. And initially in lockdown, when the planes were stopped as well, it was fucking eerie around here. With no motorway noise. Not that I ever notice it, because it's miles away, but it's just a hum in the distance. No motorway noise. No aeroplane noise, and when there's no wind and, the, and everything drops and it's really still, it is just fucking. It's terrifying, I tell you. It really is. It's like some weird fucking horror film, that except like you know, there's no horror. Everybody's just walking around going, "All right." <laughs> it's pretty cool. I tell you what, it's pretty. Else is pretty cool as well. Um, I did a I did an interview for Tower Records, um, or rather, I'm doing. I've done an interview for Tower Records, and I'm also doing. A um, uh, an online interview um, with them um, for their Instagram account. So um, that'll be fun. And I'll actually have done it by the time you hear this. So I'll tell you what, why don't I just shut the fuck up? I'm clearly losing it. Guys, it's an absolute pleasure. It's never a chore. Please spread the word. 
please let everybody know Talking Bollocks is a half-decent podcast. And that way, get some more patrons, make some more money, and maybe one day I'll actually be able to pay my bills. <laughs> um, all the best to you all. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. And um, more content coming probably sooner than you think. The next piece of content I'm thinking of releasing, boy, you are all going to enjoy this one. But anyway, that's enough teasing. Stay safe. Speak to you next time.